executive function is just, you know, how you go about planning to do something. I want to go to the store to make a casserole. I have to see what I have in the, uh, the cupboard, maybe take a note of everything I have, plan what casserole I want to make, um, and then go to the store, get the, all the ingredients, come back, and go through the, the steps of creating that, that casserole dish. This could be overwhelming for, for a, a, an autistic person to get done in, in like a reasonable time frame, like say like an hour or, or, or so. They may spend the, the whole day uh, thinking about this. Hey guys, my name is Ellie Feiner and this is Stop Building, where I do my best to get founders to set aside their ID and talk to some potential users. This rarely works, but I love these conversations anyway. Um, let me just kind of introduce uh, myself and, and the brand. My name is uh, Chris Blair. I'm a software engineer by, by trade, but this year, March uh, 2023, I started building the, the brand InnoOut. Um, the motivation behind it and the, the, the purpose of the brand is really to serve the mental health uh, community and specifically people with autism uh, and ADHD. Um, I've been affected personally by those two disorders. Uh, my wife is a late, late diagnosis uh, uh, autistic and my oldest daughter I have two daughters. My oldest daughter also diagnosed with uh, autism, um, and I ended up finding out like a month, you know, in like a the, the a same month's time frame, my wife and and my daughter. Um, but prior to that, I had not a real idea what autism even was. Um, I you were you were you were married to a woman with it, and you didn't know what yes. it was. Yeah. Yes for probably at that point nine nine or so years <laughs> uh, so um there's levels to 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 aut autism um as i'm as i'm sure everybody uh knows um but i i just had never really i had encountered it but i had never really acknowledged it and understood it uh, so it was pretty devastating for for me as a husband and, and and father to kind of come into that realization and really understand that the the um, condition was permanent uh, and and it's 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 not something that that you can go go away or or teach somebody out of um, it's it's just the way of 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 thinking. Um, and a part of that motivation to create the brand was also kind of fueled by the recent movements in AI. Uh, I think I even wrote uh, like a post on one of the social media outlets as ChatGPT started to gain, gain momentum. Oh, like, wow, like I, I can't wait for some of the products that are gonna come, come from this um, or something to that, to that nature. Um, and then I ended up kind of diving into it and 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 building a product uh, out of it. Um, mainly because like the products that were out there, I saw some some pretty pretty expensive products and, and pretty exclusive products um, supporting uh, autism specifically. So another goal within this brand is to make these products but make them accessible like the 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 product that i've been working on this year a mobile assistant uh it's going to be largely uh free um and just the strategy in 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 doing that and i'm you no know, like millionaire or billionaire definitely not a billionaire um so, you know, I can't afford for everybody to, you know, pay everybody's chat, chat GBT. So there was definitely some engineering uh, strategy in, in, involved in delivering a free free service uh, for, for all. Like what would the features look like and how 
much would it cost uh, per request or, 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 or query and how can I minimize that? Um, and th th those are some of the early struggles uh, uh, that I that I had, but I knew I wanted to make something that, and I'm talking about the, the mobile app product that addressed uh, communication and executive function. Um, so over the course of this year, um, I gathered a, a team. I worked with a designer. Uh, just, just one second, um, before we dive into the team and the app, uh, because like you, I've, or like you before you had your wife and daughter diagnosed with autism, I have a very cursory understanding of what that is and what the actual challenges are, um, could you tell me just a little bit about like what's what is it like and what what is hardest about it? Sure. Uh, for you and for them, because there are like at least two sides to the story. Sure. Um so it and it and it can change per person. Everybody's autism is slightly different, but there are some common three themes. And one of them is in the intense emotions. Mm. Um, so my wife, prior to her diagnosis, myself and her family, my family, we all knew her as an angry person. Um, and that was like the label that she, she was given because she would get into these fits where she would just yell. And it's just like, okay, Patricia, her name's Patricia. She she's angry. We all know she she's angry. Just let her yell, get it out. You know, let's get on with our lives. Um, but it was it was consistent over over time. Um, as I said, like that was kind of like uh, her 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 label. And one of the things with with autism is that you get into sort of this this state of I'm going to call it frustration. Um, it could be more more than that, but the like a therapist would call it a meltdown, where you're acting irrationally. Maybe you know, maybe you you stub your toe, so now you're going to take a baseball bat and bash a window, like. Um, and I gotta say that does not sound that does not sound uh, very abnormal to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I am uh, like I just personally and, and my son as well we have uh, neither of us have been diagnosed and like we tried to see if that was the diagnosis we don't we don't have that particular trait but we do have a very intense um, emotional response to things uh so like if my kid stubs his toe and and <laughs> breaks the door, that is, you know, that's that's the normal thing <laughs> in this house. So, uh, so I can I can at least relate to that part of it. Yeah, and 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 it can seem uh, very very normal. But then another uh, consistent theme is sensory sensitivity, mm -hmm. and that can come in many forms. It could be. Um, the sense of touch it could be um, particular flavors that you you have to have. Um, it could be sounds, um, it, and sights. Like 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 depending on like the the person, if you see something, maybe you have a, a reaction and go into the the, the meltdown uh, state. Um, so the the sensory sensitivity also is a common theme of, uh, of autism. The next one, social adaptability. I'm an introvert my, my, myself. Well, you're an engineer, kind of <clears throat> comes with the territory, right? Comes with the territory. <laughs> we don't, we like, I, I was an engineer for 25 years because before uh, doing these uh, marketing things. And um, one of the first things that I uh, noticed when I, when I switched over to marketing and started helping uh, software developers with these things is that 
we don't become people who spend 10 hours a day staying at a computer screen, moving around little chunks of text uh, because we're so socially adept. That's 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 not how it works. Usually, it works the other way around. So there are extroverted software developers, but they're they are um, kind of rare. It's not it's not a common trait. Yes, and and with autism uh, though, there's a little bit of extra um, to the 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 introversion where the autistic person has to go through their own thought process in order to really understand and relay information. Um, so one of the things that I've um, done with, with my uh, wife is really sit and purposefully let her finish what, what she wants to uh, express because it, it can take a little bit longer um, than what I think neurotypical people would would normally be 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 comfortable with. Um, so this is like way over like the the Obama pause or or something uh, uh, like like that. Like um, and since my wife's di diagnosis, she's been more cognizant of it. So she'll kind of prepare when she really wants to say something. She'll prepare ahead of time and she'll. She won't let me see her preparing, <laughs> or she thinks she I can't see her preparing. But then when once she prepares, she she comes and and will have like a, a whole long uh, filibuster. And as the neurotypical person, it's better just to to hear it all out <laughs> rather than <laughs> try to to interrupt and take the conversation in different directions because that's going to kind of jam up the works um and, and then she probably wouldn't say what what she really really wanted to say uh, my daughter she's in school uh right now actually um so she she's had difficulty with that uh, as well um she gets to the uh into like this nonverbal state so another thing with autism is the inability to, to to speak and it's not an inability a physical inability it's more of a mental block like you're feeling these emotions but it's like a uh it's like a one-way way road and and there's traffic so the the the, the mind is going uh way in front of what the the vocal cords are are, are producing um, so it's almost like, um, they're trapped in, 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 in a sense where you want to say something, but it's not coming out. Um, and all of these things, they, they, they really produce, they work together to produce this social awkwardness. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the sadder stats around autism the majority of auti uh, autistic people, um, the causes of death are most often suicide or accident. Um, because there, there's so much uh, of a stigma uh, with kind of this social awkward uh, behavior, like pausing in, in conversations, not being able to be interrupted, getting angry at at odd times, having this social sensitivity, these all kind of um, mask kind of to the outside world, what's really going on uh, with, with the uh, autistic people. Um, and it, it, is, it is that they're autistic and, and that they, they need help in navigating these, these uh, situations. Um, so one of the big focus areas that I, uh, want to address with the, the mobile assistant is uh, communication and executive function. Executive function is just, you know, how you go about planning to do something. Uh, I want to go to the store to make a casserole. 
have to see what I have in the, uh, the cupboard. Maybe take a note of everything I have, plan what casserole I want to make, um, and then go to the store, get the, all the ingredients, come back, and go through the, the steps of creating that, that casserole dish. This could be overwhelming for, for a, a, an autistic person to get done in, in like a reasonable time frame, like say like an hour or, or, or so. They may spend the, the whole day uh, thinking about this. Very similar to, to ADHD, where in ADHD, um, you have intention and you, you have executive function, but then your attention gets grabbed by something else. Um, and then you you veer off course. Um, so those those are the two things: communication and uh, executive function that the the app really looks looks to address. Um, now I, I sound like that. two very sorry. Those sounds uh, sound like two very different things, like two very different aspects of um, of the difficulty. Because the uh, the executive function seems like something a person does with themselves, some kind of planning, some kind of monitoring, some kind of coming back to whatever they were doing before, um, planning, doing, completing. Like, uh, and your typical person has the cycle of planning to do something, then doing it, completing it, then planning the next thing, and kind of going in in a cycle uh, that is um, more or less linear. And from what you're saying, keeping that linearity is really difficult. So that seems like one thing. Communication seems like um, a very different kind of problem. Uh, do you see them as, as one thing? Or like, I'm just exploring here my own understanding of this. I, I, I do see them as two separate things, but the... And this is kind of goes into the uniqueness of the app and why I think people should use the app because it kind of melds the, the two things to, together and addresses both. Mm -hmm. so, because both are common to the same kind of condition. So they're separate in terms of when and how it happens in life, but they happen to the same people throughout the day. Yes. Um, in concert. Okay. Yes. Cool. And if and if you look, you'll see apps, you'll see activity tracker apps, you'll see communication apps built for autistic individuals. So my app is kind of like a meld of those and mm -hmm. the, the two things interplay with each other. Um, so on the communication side, uh, you can speak, you can type, you can visually uh choose pictures as communication. This is uh, like a visual communication board. There is a, a whole open board uh, format that um, exists at, 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 out on the web. Um, and essentially it's pictures that you can pick out to say common things. Uh, so that's to, to overcome that, that block of expressing yourself where the mind goes a hundred miles an hour, but you can't, Yes. Actually express what you want. Yes. Um, and the interplay between them. So you have this ability now to maybe talk with pictures or talk with your voice or talk with your hands typing. You can take that whatever and you can vocalize it within the app. There's uh, text-to-speech. You can send what you are communicating into the activity component to create uh, an activity um, or communicate to a caregiver, which could be a therapist or your uh, spouse, parent, uh, so on, so, uh, so forth. Um, so, and, and there are, I, I mentioned before, there's levels to uh, autism, severe autism, some people just don't speak at all like their their whole lives um and that's when like more of the visual communication tools uh gesturing 
um, becomes beneficial to, to, to those people. Right. Wow, that's fascinating. It's, um, It wasn't at all obvious to me. So, so this is, and we kind of veer into, into the world of marketing and you know finding users, finding customers, um, building a business. Because uh, you and I are both engineers, um, at least I'm kind of a former engineer. Um, figuring out how to build a product and building a great product is a natural extension, or a natural expression of our talents, of our skills, of of our training. Selling it is not. It's a very different. It's a very different skill set, and in some ways, it's contradictory. To, um, so there is a way in which the better you are as an engineer, the more difficult it is to sell and market things. Uh, and that's like that's what we'll explore because you obviously know what you're doing both with the condition and with the app and with the uh, with the features and how you describe them um, being combined together. And uh, when we talked before, you mentioned your daughter was using it. Uh, yes. So you have you have proof that this works. Yes, the the um, MVP the MVP works. Is is the MVP is your daughter? Is your daughter? <laughs> that that's awesome. Uh, it also guarantees that what you've built um, serves serves a purpose and does what it's supposed to be doing. Um, one little, not little, one major risk uh, engineers have with building something that arises from their own experience, you know, scratching our own itch, as it were, is is the fact that we are builders and we tend I'll, I'll check with you in a sec if that's true about you but we tend to have our own idea about how things are supposed to be and how things like apps and tools are supposed to operate and we tend to build new things rather than use things that other people build just in general there's this tendency um so my question to you is, if you did not have the ability to build apps and did not have those skills, you were know, an accountant with the same life situation, what is there a combination of existing tools that you would do or uh, that you would use or something that you would use that wasn't quite as good, but without having an ability to build something of your own that you would build? Is there something like that already in the market? Um, in a single unit or, or single app, there are, are definitely communica uh, visual communication tools. Uh, there, there are definitely activity trackers and, and communication devices where you can contact your therapist. Um, or you can just send a text message to, to your to your to your therapist. I mean, if if they'll allow it, of course. Um, so, I think there are, but I haven't seen a tool that really brings it all together in uh, a cohesive package. Well, and, that's that. So you'd be able to use, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just poking here, right? Not because I think what you have is not useful, just to, to, to see the uh, the map. So if you couldn't build a tool, you would probably use two or three different things. Yes. A communicator of some sort to use within the family, maybe another sort of uh, communication tool to use with the therapist, maybe a third um, thing to help with planning and executive function, the planning and the doing of things. And these things would be unrelated. Is that... Yes. Is that how you would go about like solving this or would it be like pen and paper? Um, for me, I would probably be pen and, pen and paper. Um, but I can't really think about me as being like the sole, sole user. Um, as 
we already kind of went over. I, I can get on in front of the computer and, and type endlessly for, for hours on, on end um, about the most random things. Um, so not everybody is going to want to do pen and paper. Not everybody is going to want to hop between uh, apps. Um, the interesting part is I think the more um, I get these features kind of interplaying with each other, I, th in my view, I think the more that it's useful for the general pop population rather than just uh, being still targeting uh, autistic individuals and uh, individuals with mental health issues. But when you can get like value in a number of different ways out of this device, um, then I, I, I think it opens up more, more doors for people like with PS, uh, PS, uh, what is it? PSD? PTSD. Um, post-traumatic uh, stress uh, disorder, um, depression, uh, and a whole lot of bipolar. I, I mean, you can get more utility out of it by having having these things in uh, interplay uh, to, to, together. So, so that's the that's kind of the the thing that. Um... I was alluding to earlier with uh, with engineers versus um, people who sell. <clears throat> As engineers, we value things that are generic, that are abstract, that can be used. One thing can be used for many different purposes. We value completeness. We value um, a certain aesthetic uh, of how things come together. And Predominantly in the market, people just want a thing to do a thing. They are this this has been a tremendous revelation for me personally. Wait a second. So you don't want this flexible thing that you can do everything with and then you can kind of guide it in your own way. You actually wanted to do this one specific thing that you know. And turns out that especially in, in business in particular, but even in in um everyday consumer life people don't are, are not looking for a hammer to put a nail in they need a nail put in in a particular specific situation and they want something that will do that obviously a hammer has been around for a very long time so people know what it is but uh if it's something new the the, the immediate question is like what does it do and, and what how does it relate to what i'm experiencing so we have here like a broadening of scope. Oh, communicating with my therapist through pictures when I can't form words. That's a very, very, because I, I have autism. That's a, like a very narrow scope of something and a very specific problem that a person may have. A, a different person, and not because they don't have other problems, it's because that's where their focus is. A different person, also with autism, maybe even roughly in the same spot on the spectrum, that thing is solved by some other means, whatever, you know, WhatsApp is working well enough with recorded messages. Uh, but the problem of uh, planning what they want, uh, what they need to get at the store for the casserole is difficult and they haven't been able to find the right thing. And having a plan with pictures um, and kind of going through them or a task list with uh, that would work uh, for that kind of mind is what is really missing from it. Now, you combine these and then you go broader. Wait a second. This could be useful for autism of different different points in the spectrum, maybe Asperger um, as well, which is kind of like the, the, the lighter version. But it could also be used for other types of, um, of uh, mental health conditions. And you go broader and broader and broader because your engineering mind is like, well, you know, we can reuse this function basically for all these different things. And in your mind, um, and allow me to guess here, this increases the usefulness of the app. But what it also does, it makes it that much harder to sell. 
So it's a constant battle between our desire to build something that millions or billions of people would be able to use and what it actually takes to have people use something. Because we don't, like you don't, you can compare it to starting a fire by putting like logs together and, and using a lighter to try to start it. That's not how it works. You need tinder, you need kindling, you need a few people, you need to start very, very narrow with both in terms of the, the amount of people you're working with and also with the things that it does, with the, the specific things that it does. And one of the reasons we tend to go so broad um, beyond our kind of engineering tendencies is that we are predominantly users of mass market products. Very few things that we use in our daily lives is a niche thing where we are one of 500 people that use it. But most solo um, businesses and small startups succeed by targeting these tiny niches, which we are never on the buying side of, just statistically. It's so rare. I don't think I, I use anything that is that narrow in my life at all. Like everything that I use from, from my headphones to my cup of coffee to my MacBook to every app I have, these are things that are used by millions of people. So I don't have a perception of what it is like to use a product that is used by very, very few people that is specifically targeted to a specific niche pain or need that I have. And this also relates to the idea of price. Things are cheap because they're mass market. Netflix is whatever, 12 or $15 a month because they have like half a billion customers. If you or I were to build a Netflix equivalent, we would have to charge a few hundred dollars a month for that because otherwise it would not work. Like you have economies of scale, but economies of scale are not available to a to, to a new business. So the way this the way companies work around that is that they get a lot of money, a lot of VC funding, and then they operate at a loss for sometimes forever. <laughs> like they operate at a loss and then exit gets sold and still operate at a loss because the, the, the mechanics there, you know, um, Amazon, I think, took 15 years before they started operating at a profit. Uh, Facebook just started turning a profit, I think, last year. So like the, these things, they're not they're not businesses in the in the in the regular sense. Uh, they're more of a like back in the colonial days when they would send ships to, you know, find gold and enslave people in other places. It takes years, right? It's like you operate at a loss for years and it's a gamble. And for, for people who are trying to do something potentially as a business, and you mentioned that it's not like you want it to be cheap or, or free, but you also want to make it into something you live off. Um, that creates another source of tension that needs to be resolved. Right, so if you if you price it the way you would want people to buy it because you want it to be available to people everywhere in every country, then building a, a business you can live off is going to require an insane amount of marketing and exposure that you can't do. So those like three different points of of conflict between the desire of building a product and and you're you're more than building a product you want to change the world there's there's like a, uh there are people in pain experiencing a difficulty a really a real everyday difficulty that you want to help you know this personally we, like both sides right the the parents of kids with autism or the kids of with of parents who have autism or friends or therapists by the way um just from your story the different circumstances are different. Parents with kids with autism is one thing. Um, 
a relationship between a patient and a therapist is another thing. A participation in a group is a third thing. Um, a romantic relationship is a fourth thing. These are different circumstances. To an engineer's mind, well, but these are all instances of the same class. But but in practice, in in real life, people people don't think that way. Like we've been that that just drives me crazy. You know, we spend decades absorbing that state of mind. That oh, you know, this can be used for that, and how can we make it more abstract, more beautiful, more. And then you go out into the world, try to say a thing. It's like, people just don't think that way. They don't have, people don't think in classes of things. They think in specific things, in specific instances. So to kind of sum all of that up. In order to break into the market, I'm almost confident about this. This is not like 100% confidence, but in order to break in and have actual people use it, you will need to choose who it is for, what kind of circumstance it is specifically for, and, and have the courage to let go of the 99% of other use cases, at least for a while, at least, in, at least until you have a beachhead. Because if you have um, 20 families, 30 families in the Jersey area where the parents are neurotypical and one of the kids has autism and they use the app at home and that's all they do and each of them pay you something that not everybody could afford. I don't know, 30, 40, 50 bucks a month for that, which is not, which is very expensive for now. Like not a, not a lot of apps are like that. But if you have that, that constitutes proof. That's real, like that's real proof. And I'm saying in the Jersey area, because yeah, like if you if you've met all of these people in person, even, or you know, you talk to them on Zoom, but you you get coffee at the same at uh, the same places, or you visit, or you studied in the same uh, college. That 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 makes that so much easier at first, and then having that proof and that monthly <laughs> revenue, you can go on and build so much more. First of all, with that in hand, you can actually get an investment. Like, look, guys, I built this thing. I'm selling this thing. Here are the people who are using it. Real things, real money coming in. Uh, now I need a million dollars to make it worldwide. It's a completely different message versus I built a thing and I'm using it with my daughter. Now, it, is that to say that my target audience, you think, is too broad? Or do you think there's too there's too much going on with the uh, the features i don't know i would i would definitely say your target audience is too broad because that's just an absolutely true thing for every entrepreneur i've ever talked to including myself no one ever goes too narrow we don't think that way we always go too broad just just as a default we always think about oh but how do I scale this? Oh, but there are only so-and-so people, um, you know, hundreds or thousands of people, and we all have this dream of serving millions of people. So we all have an intuitive desire to, to broaden the scope. So I would definitely say the audience is, is too broad. Feature-wise, I can't tell. You're building these features for the specific circumstance of communicating with your daughter. Are you using it with your wife as well? Or is that not as... Um, my wife has used uh, the chat. There's a, a chat feature uh, where mm -hmm. you can chat with a, a therapeutic uh, chat agent. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife has used that a couple of times. It's multilingual. Uh, my wife is uh, Brazilian, so she'll speak to it in Portuguese. Um, and... She'll have a conversation. She tested it out. Um, 
But it sounds like your daughter, your daughter is using it constantly. Like it is, it is a thing. Right now, I uh, she uses it during uh, meltdowns. Uh, usually, I'll I'll think of it when she becomes like very un unresponsive, and my wife and I have a, like a, a difficulty in kind of getting getting her attention and getting her to kind of do a uh, back and forth conversation or take part in a, a conversation or sometimes listen to us at all. Um, and then she'll do repetitive motions uh, and she'll get just trapped in that re repetitive motion. Uh, it's called stimming. It's, called, it's stimming. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was just remembering that I've seen this. So I'll, I'll give her the, the app and she enjoys the app. She likes, um, she did a recipe on, uh, on the app and had the app do a recipe for, for, she likes spicy food. So it was like some spicy chip thing. Um, and then she'll, she'll talk to the, uh, the AI, uh, chatbot and she'll use the visual communication. Uh, sometimes she likes clicking through, through that. Um, I, I did it like, uh, some custom art and some stock art um, within the the visual communication. Um, yeah. So so she kind of she kind of likes that, um, and then she'll do a lot of emojis. Uh, I think that's probably her favorite thing is just going. Right, so 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 let me just let me just pause you here and show you what what your app is really perfect for. Because you just defined your perfect audience, your perfect. Um, circumstance and the specific use case so it's not for autism it's for um, autism related meltdowns it is not for the kids with autism it's for the parents who have kids with autism because the parents <laughs> can break through <laughs> yeah it, it it grabs grabs her uh, attention i don't know if it's going to work for for everybody or right everybody. Well, but but in your specific circumstance the thing that you solved for yourself mm -hmm. you're how old are you uh 43 oh 1980 nice so am i um how old is your kid she's gonna be eight on friday uh happy birthday uh first of all so like this is this is what is an excellent starting point. You are a 43 year old dad, you're neurotypical. You have an eight year old daughter who has been recently diagnosed with autism and you've been tearing your the hair that you have out trying to figure out how to communicate with her during a meltdown, which happens on a daily basis. And this is it. Now, this is not this is not your half a billion customers, but even even when you're going that narrow, and I would even say like it's for dads because dads and moms re react differently, and maybe it's for dads of girls because again, dads and girls have a very specific uh, type of relationship, mm -hmm. and it also it also makes it instantly relatable. You know, one of the things that um, a landing page, for example, as a as a marketing thing, uh, should do, is you look at it as like, is this for me or not? And if it says for for dads of girls who have recently been diagnosed with autism and the girls have daily meltdowns, you immediately know if this is about you or it's not about you. And if it is about you, then oh my god, this is this is a blessing. Now, why am I saying dads? Why is this relevant? Because dads are much more, um, um, there's a, I think, there's a, a higher chance of a dad using an app to solve this problem versus a mom. Especially a dad who is a techie himself. So if you narrow it down further, it's like, well, engineer dads. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. because an engineer dad or, or, or a tech-oriented dad is like, well, Oh my God! I can use an app to solve this. This is awesome. This now makes it a a problem I can I can work with, as opposed to an emotional meltdown that I don't know what to do with. I, I've been trained as a um, as a life coach, and I did a lot of um, let's say unofficial therapy in in my career, in kind of my other career. Uh, 
So I can deal with a meltdown, but most dads don't know what to do. Just like in, in terms of behavior, like what are you supposed to do? You, you wait it out, like you try to communicate, even like a regular meltdown, not, not an autistic meltdown. So this is, when you frame it like that, it's essential. It's impossible to ignore and you'd pay whatever <laughs> because it, like, the problem is tremendous. It's a daily thing. Like, what, what, does it matter if it costs $5 or $40 or $100? It, 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 you, can't, you can't quantify it. And on, to top that off, it is built by a dad who has an autistic daughter who is experiencing this daily and is building it from his own, your own experience. Just compare that to, oh, I build an app that supports people with autism with their um, executive function and communication needs. Two completely different things. And the difference is the specificity. That's the, like, I'm maybe my excitement too. <laughs> but the difference is just the narrow focus on the thing that you built for the reason that you built it. I see. That's good. <laughs> that, that's good. I never thought really uh, thought about it really in the in, in that light. But you're uh, you're right. It, it kind of it's less complicated. <laughs> that's well, really I, I can see i can see a change in your face because <laughs> now you're also emotionally connected to it you're not kind of pretending to be a dry business person describing features and and benefits you're like oh this is this is me this is what my life is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And because this is what your life is like, if you want to go in any kind of marketing route, you want to make, you want to write content about this, which is a useful technique. You want to record videos about this, which is a useful technique. If it actually relates to you on a personal level and you allow it to relate to you on a personal level, that shines. You're not... You know, you're not going through a bullet point presentation. You're like, no, this is this is this is my fucking life. This is what I do. Yeah. The the the, the thing. If I want, if suppose like okay, five years from now, I go like full force in into this narrower uh, scope. Well, I I think. You kind of already mentioned this with your example of um, kind of families in, in New Jersey. Um, but, you know, if I wanted to do something else or uh, is it, do you think it, it, if I go to a narrower scope, is it harder to pivot? No. To, to... No, it's easier. It's easier to pivot. It's easier to pivot because you know who you are and where you are at. So if you have a tremendously successful app that helps dads with their daughters, then tackling an adjacent niche with dads and their sons should be easy. Tackling a further adjacent uh, niche with moms and their kids is possible expanding to the th therapist relationship with the parents and with the kids should be possible expanding to adults with late onset or late diagnosed autism should be possible because you already are a brand not to mention that you have a functioning business all the experience of building this out marketing it selling it understanding the relationship with customers uh, a team and so on and so forth if you if you, if three or four or five years down the road you want to grow and you want to expand, you can do that. And life is pretty unpredictable, so I don't even know if that's what you'd want to do. Maybe you'd want to sell the business and not work. Like who knows? It's not. It's not obvious 
that five years from now you'll be the same person with the same needs and wants that you have right now. Now, oh, th this has been some really valuable adv advice. <laughs> I actually did did uh, uh, expect uh, expect like a, a, an aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we didn't have an aha moment, then I'm uh, then I'm not doing my job. Right? This is this this is this is what I do. Uh, I. Um, I look for exceptional engineers with good ideas and no clue about how to market things. And um, and I help when I can, sometimes for a fee, sometimes like this. So it's like that's 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 what I've. Uh, because there's so many beautiful ideas and beautiful apps locked behind this inability to, to find users and customers because of the specificity of the way we think about problems, just as engineers. It is an actual limitation. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a handicap that we all carry around. And sometimes engineers make it randomly. You know, they build something and it takes off it is extremely rare for it actually to take off on its own. Usually these people get transformed in the process into something that is bigger than an engineer. They become business people. They kind of grok it. Most people drop it. Most, like, I mean, like, beyond 99%. They try it, and it doesn't work, and then they drop it, and then they go back to a job, and maybe they try again a few years later. But it's 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 really hard to to push through that. Um, I know we we're 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 over the the hour time, but I, I the whole time I, I'm here, kind of uh, thinking. I know that you are the founder of of Growth Labs. Yeah. Could you give me like some background on, on kind of your your journey as a founder and uh, yeah sure just give me a sec I'll I'll tell the the next guy I'm meeting with that I'm going to be a little late so we can keep talking just a sec because I'm really enjoying this conversation um oh. <clears throat> I'm never on time for anything, just something to know about me. Um, I'm always a little late. Again, really thank you for making time for, for me today, uh, Ellie. Uh, 15 minutes. Okay. Your <clears throat> <Hey>, journey. <clears throat> It depends on how you started, but uh, the the big like I've tried multiple startups before. Um, first one was in two thousand seven, I think. I've been doing this for for quite a while. Um, I never, I always thought I'd do the tech thing, and the marketing would either happen or I will partner with someone who understands that. Multiple cycles of that, and when COVID broke out. Uh, my daughter, second kid, was born. I was laid off from my last job. I'm like, okay, this is the moment when everything falls apart. This is the moment to step up. <laughs> I think it sounds familiar to you, too. Um, and I decided that I was not going to get back to a job um, ever again. Um, my, it, it was also my 40th birthday. I'm like, okay, we're, we're done with this. This is not... Uh, the last company I worked for was the most amazing company I could imagine working for, and yet it was not enough. I wanted freedom. I wanted to. I wanted to fully express who I was, and no job can do that. Anyway, I've been working on a, <clears throat> by the way, mental health app. Um, at that point, for about a year and a half. This is a. Um, 
an emotional management app that I built for primarily for my own anger issues, <laughs> uh, my own kind of uh, explosive nature. Um, and I decided to dive all in and not like I was, I'm not going to code at all. I'm just going to focus on marketing, whatever, it, whatever that means and however it's supposed to work out. And I did that for about a year and a half. Um, didn't make any money. We burned through a lot of our savings while I was trying to get that app off the ground. The same kind of things. I want it to be cheap. I want it to be available for everybody. This is useful for all manner of conditions, depression, anxiety, um, uh, addictions of all sorts. And I'm like, this is this is awesome. This is going to change the world. And of course, I completely failed marketing. Uh, the peak was, I, I think I had three clients who were paying me $30 each for the app and a weekly one hour coaching session. <laughs> Which is, I, I did the math. I was like, that's not, never going to work. And these people were telling me it was too expensive. I was like, how, what? <laughs> how is this supposed to work? Um, and with a lot of pain and grief uh, and let down, I let the app go. And I started on a path of figuring out what business actually is like. And what ideas do work? And I started. And I took courses, and I uh, paid a lot of money for these courses, uh, and and worked with with guides and coaches. Like, like I need to figure this out. This is not. This is not. Like I'm an, I'm, I'm an engineer. I don't accept the fact that the only way to succeed in 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 business is to throw things against the wall until something sticks. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. There has to be some. There have to be some fundamental principles here. It can't be random. While everybody around me in the indie hacker kind of solopreneur community kept saying, oh, you know, you just build 12 apps in 12 months or whatever, and eventually something sticks like, no, <laughs> can't be, not, 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 not here. Um, and I kept trying different things. Um, most of them were not about code. I stopped coding. I, I said, I won't code for, for a living. I'm trying to do business. Um, and as I was doing that and I was writing about that on Twitter, people started reaching out to me and asking for advice. I'm like, well, are you asking me for advice about marketing? I don't know anything about marketing. Don't you get it? I failed. <laughs> I, I tried. I, I'm not good at it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it turned out that in the process of failing, I did figure out some things. I did understand some fundamental principles and I gave people advice and that and advice worked, you know, people were like, Oh, I never thought about it this way. And then they did it. And then things worked. So like, okay, well, I've always enjoyed teaching. Let me see if I can teach some of the things that I've collected. And I started doing courses, uh, a little like three, four people, um, courses to teach people how to do this to kind of my understanding of this. Um, and of course there turned out to be a lot more complexity to it for one of the biggest limitations turned out to be the, the psychology of the solopreneur and the developer who's trying to become a business person. Um, like the need to abstract things uh, or just the fact that there is a limited capacity to try different things before people run out of emotional runway and then give up. Um, so that that's, that's growth up. So um, I sometimes teach courses. Most of the time I do one-on-one uh, -on -one work with people because frankly, that's just delivers much better results. Uh, courses online in general, you know, a thousand people join a course, 10 people succeed, which is like 1%. There's enough testimonials to get the next thousand people, but that doesn't mean it's actually effective for most of the people who join. And the courses that I build and the work that I do is like, no, it's it's a hundred percent success rate, including if you want to give up. Because I can help with that as well. I have, like I said, a background with therapy. I can help work through those limitations. If you actually decide to not do this anymore, then that's fine, but that's not we haven't failed. We just got to the end of the road. But I'm not okay with taking on people in the course 
and not doing everything that I can to to help them succeed, which means that it devolves into one-on-one -on -one work anyway. So I'm mostly doing like one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, helping people like you get to well, to I, a business I can, result. I, I can attest that you're very good at it. Um, at least it feels oh, that way. You. Haven't made a dime yet, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I have some some uh, a very very good idea of ways to market the uh, the app now that I didn't have before. Um, I'm glad. So I, I I thank you for that, and hopefully we can have another conversation down the road where I pay for your time because <laughs> now i understand this is is your business um and you definitely did the work to be good at it um thank you thank you yeah i, I i'm i'm super in, in, impressed with um uh, sort of like the the resolution to a very specific thing <laughs> uh and um, I could definitely see myself uh, buying some more more of your time, uh, maybe soon. Okay, uh, too soon. All right. Well, yeah, you know, you know where to find me. You have my email. You have uh, uh, we we're in touch on LinkedIn. Um, yes. You are doing beautiful work, Chris. This is so important. Thanks, Alec. This is so important. Great conversation. Thank you uh, so much. Uh, and and I'll, I'll definitely be in touch. Talk to you later. All right. See you, Chris. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to be a guest on the show and talk through the problems you're facing with your business, you can send me a message on Twitter at FinerEllie. My DMs are always open. And if you're ready for some deeper work, I can actually help you find product market fit for whatever it is you're building. You can find details about how this works, how much it costs, and what I can promise you on my website at growthlab.so. See you next time.